Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andrew Dawson. Papa Pop. I'm Sam Nitty Delaney. So what? I think this is the 60th episode of the Melchester Odyssey. Uh, that's quite a. Uh, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Landmark. Benchmark. Landmark. Is it though? Yeah. Watershed moment. Something like that. Who'd have thought it, eh? 60 episodes. Mm. And um, fittingly, it is the beginning of a brand new year in Royal the Rovers. We see the, the advent of 1982, which almost feels futuristic mm. from what's gone before. And at the top, it, it's one of those issues where uh, Royal the Rovers' story is on the front cover. They were always special issues. Yeah. When that when that landed on the doormat and it says at the top, will it be a happy new year for Rovers? Well, will it be? We don't know. It might be, or Roy might die, or Roy might have permanent brain injury that you know hampers him. It could be like a Michael Schumacher kind of thing. Mm. No one knows to this day the state of Michael Schumacher after he banged his head on that rock. It's all shrouded in mystery. Roy could end up like that, couldn't he? You're looking at oh, me what? like, what? what yeah, you know? I don't know about what happened to Michael um, Schumacher. Do you not? No. He had, a, he had a skiing accident about, I don't know, five, six years ago, probably. And he's, right. He was in a coma for ages. And now he's uh, in his home and no one really knows, you know, that it's all shrouded in secrecy about well, his he's condition. he's completely withdrawn from public life. He's withdrawn from public life. You will not see Michael Schumacher behind the wheel of a motor car anytime soon. That's all I know. He, I mean, he was fully retired when this happened, right? He retired from driving, but he was going around yeah. skiing and that and having a laugh, still, and, you know, dissing yeah, and that. He, he, hadn't, he hadn't retired from just having an awesome time. No, it was proper awesome, being the Schumacher. I mean, being a Formula One driver, I mean, they don't make them like they used to, do they? Like in the old days with your Ayrton nah. Sinners or your James Hunts and all of nah, that. not really. But they are, obviously, by definition, they are fucking high adrenaline sort of fast paced people playboys. who need they're yeah. playboys they just need to be having yeah. fun and exhilaration at all times anyway that's the, why he banged his head the silly why, why? how did this fuck this Roy the Rovers yeah <laughs> this is a Formula One podcast uh, we should launch it though of course a we Formula should. One podcast by people who don't really watch Formula One <laughs> mind you that Senna film is fucking great it is. I mean what a film it is. The soundtrack alone. Watch it with your eyes shut if you don't like fast cars. Just listen to the music. I watched one the other night when I was sitting up drinking till the small hours and it was mm. on the Yesterday channel. It was about the, the Formula One champion, Jim Clark. 
who was a Scottish fella, and he was champion in about 65 and 66, I think. But he died mm. in a crash during a race, similar to Senna. And this was yeah. in the era in the 60s when drivers were just dying left, right, and centre because there was just yeah. no safety whatsoever. No safety. The cars yeah. were getting more and more powerful. There was no safety measures at all. Yeah. So you just had drivers dying each year. Presumably, um, spectators died quite a lot as well, and they just ploughed into died. them at it high speed. It was just a huge, legitimised yeah. death trap. Death yeah. cult, it was. Mm. <laughs> um, and uh, But Jim Clark was just a... He lived on a farm in Scotland, and when he wasn't doing the F1, he'd go back and ride his tractor around and do his farming stuff. Fucking hell. But uh, that was good. That was good. But um, When you look at lifestyles, in the history of lifestyles... What Watch is out for best- a new series of podcasts, The History of Lifestyles. The History of Lifestyles. I'd say probably you would regard your own current lifestyle as very satisfactory indeed. I mean, I admire it. Right. Mine. But, yeah, your lifestyle's a good lifestyle, isn't I've it? Got, you know what? I've got levels of contentment, and I think that's all yeah. you can aspire to. Yeah, uh, yeah. All this thing where people will go, oh, I just want to be happy. Fuck happiness. Yeah. Contentment's where you need to be at. Contentment is... I'm very much settled for that. But in terms of lifestyles generally, through Mm. history, what is the best lifestyle? I've always liked it when Paul McCartney was on his farm up in Mull of Kintyre with a beard. Mull of Kintyre and all that, yeah. Yeah, and he just sort of thought, fuck this. Mm. And he went off to Scotland in the middle of nowhere and he grew a beard and wore woolly jumpers and just hung around with his missus and his kids and his sheep. And I sort of think, yeah, I've always quite aspired to that lifestyle. A lot of the post-Beatles lifestyles were really good. John Lennon's was just living in a flat in New York near Central Park, just going yeah. around. And then his kid was born and he was baking bread with his kid. And then he got shot, but, which was a bit but, of a... Yeah, and didn't he also get into heroin at one point, no? Well, I think that, that, was, that was a problem. Well, you can slip into that when you're just living in a when flat in New York. When you're just mooching it's about. Easy to just slip into the heroin lifestyle. George Harrison, yeah. again, made a few albums... And hung around in his house, went to India now and again, did a bit of yogic flying, fought Fucking off a burglar hell. once. What about things that, lively. that documentary, Living in the Material World, about George Harrison? That's brilliant. That's on I Netflix, mean, I think, isn't it? That, listen, if you haven't seen it right, uh, no exaggeration, I think I watched that before I got sober, but it basically changed my whole I want to watch it again out. now. It changed yeah. my whole outlook on life. And actually, I do need to watch it again now because since I originally watched it, I've become an infinitely more spiritual person Shouldn't anyway. dive it? Oh, my God. Is yeah. it diveable? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, but it's, it's pretty serious. I mean, I wouldn't like to take the piss out of George Harrison because I don't want to get on the wrong side of the spirits. No. But That's it's true. so it is so good. And it's really like quite... Did Scorsese make that? I think he did, yeah. yeah. And it's it's like really changes your outlook on like on my outlook on mortality. I mean, George Harrison, his whole thing was readying himself for death. So that when it came, he was like, good. Couldn't give a fuck, so, mate. So you're coming. I've been fucking ready for you, you cunt. I'm, I'm fucking prepped. I've even got my fucking bag. If that's the case, <laughs> See, then why did he I've fight got that? Three blank, I've got three blank passports, right? <laughs> Hundred thousand US dollars, right? <laughs> a Swiss Army knife and a Kendall mint cake, and I am fucking ready. And a jar full of child's urine. Don't ask me why. <laughs> uh, just, just I'll tell you this much: I've done a lot of research on the afterlife, and I know what sort of kit I'm going to need up there. <laughs> if George, George Harrison was readying himself for death, why did he fight that burglar off? He should have just laid down and accepted his fate. <laughs> 
I don't think he thought it was time. He said he thought ah, he would know. Yeah, he, he'd know to... when the time was upon him. Ah, oh, it's not time yet. <laughs> I'm halfway uh, through a new album. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading a really good book. <laughs> it's, it's by Lee Child, right? <laughs> it's about this this fucking nutbag. Jack Jack Reacher, his name is fucking sensational. I'm halfway through the book. There's no way I'm checking out before I find out what happens in the end. Yes, I've been readying myself for death. But when I'm about, I don't know, 73, something like that, maybe. Not now. Not when I'm halfway yeah. through this book. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fucking uh, hell. I'm going to rewatch that this week. And the yeah. other the other thing, just quickly on documentaries, I know you don't, you're not particularly keen on him as a bloke. But Huey Morgan did. Um, <laughs> Huey yeah. Morgan has done his uh, Latin music odyssey on BBC, on BBC Four. Four. Yeah. yeah, is it good? Brazil, then Cuba, then Puerto Rico. It's fucking great. I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's fucking great. And and you know, he's sort of a, a particularly a very sort of particular type of broadcaster with a particular sort of persona. Mm. And that's why I mean, I'm a big fan of his, but I can totally see why. Not everyone would be because it's like he's got that whole kind of New York thing. Um, but in this, it's quite good because he's quite humble because he's meeting these people who are real heroes mm. of his. So he doesn't do the full on fun loving criminals talking in street jive all the time. He's having he's to just deal with sort of, some actually talented people. Well, he's just very curious and interested in what they have to say. Well, do you I know what I mean? He and he, he's, he's passionate. He's passionate. He's a passionate enthusiast. And the okay. music, the reason I bring it up is because. It was probably when I saw the Senna documentary that I got really started getting interested in like Latin jazz. Luckily, my father-in-law's a jazz expert, so I'll ask him to knock me up a playlist on mm. on it. Knock me up. Hello, yes, it's Sam here. I want you to do me a I Latin a jazz playlist. Do it now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Good day, sir. Good day to you. You have until noon tomorrow. Beep, ba-bop, ba-bop, bop, girl from me, Panemer is lovely. Yeah, that sort of thing. Bye. <laughs> Make it good. <laughs> yeah. I want to be an expert on the subject by Thursday <laughs> so I can impress people when I talk about it. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. So that's anyway, F1. Roy's in hospital and his fucking head's bandaged to fuck. Well, this is it. This is, he's on the front cover there. He's lying in some kind of blue lighting in the hospital. As you see, his head's tightly bandaged. He's got a tube going up his nose, taped onto his face. He's got some breathing apparatus there. He is, I mean, I say he, but it just looks androgynous. He looks like the most beautiful human creature I've ever seen. In my entire life, yeah. and I think I it's because like, he's—I think it's because he's so vulnerable. I think that's he looks like is. an angel that's God, fallen yeah. from heaven. Yeah. I was—I would love to rest my head on that pillow next to his and yeah. just watch him yeah. sleep. God, yeah, it looks—it looks firm but welcoming, doesn't it? The pillow, mm. Jesus, good pillow that. Um, I mean, what's he wearing? Is that a gown? You can just see where the sheet of the bed has just been beautifully, neatly. Lifted up just to below his, uh, the top of his chest, really. Well, they'll have him in the best ward in the hospital. <sighs> and they'll up. have put the best nurses on the job as well. The three, we need the three sexiest nurses in the uh, VIP wing right now to bandage up Roy Race's beautiful head 
and stick some breathing apparatus into his gob. Yeah. He looks really fuckable, doesn't he? Or is that just me? Yeah. No, he does. No, anyone, man or woman, gay, Couldn't straight resist. or anything, transgender, have yeah. a look at this and tell me that you don't get the fucking hops for him. <laughs> So it says uh, on the front cover, it says there was still no clue to the identity of the gunman who had stunned the soccer world by shooting and injuring Roy Race. Now it was Roy Lee unconscious in hospital. Life continued for Melchester Rovers with an away game against Wakeford. Wakeford? I thought they were playing someone else. Was it Wolverton they were playing the last one? Oh, no, this is a Does different it? game. They've been the hospital yeah. since then, haven't they? Of course, sorry. Yeah. Oh, this must be their Boxing Day game. Um, but it doesn't look good. Um, one of the Lampards in the crowd is shouting, Come on, Rovers, you're struggling! Sort it out! <laughs> Fuck off! Sort, sort it out for my viewing pleasure! I paid good money to be here. Not to watch you struggle. I expect certain standards at this level of the game. <laughs> the I should be writing a letter of complaint <laughs> to Ben... What's his name again? Ben I Galloway. Get ben Galloway should be receiving my thoughts in, in the form of a letter. <laughs> Uh, continued on colour pages inside and that's what we always get colour pages with Roy the Rovers woo here we go continue from front cover and it says uh, oh it's a, a nice page wide panel very very lookable that it's uh, very beautiful uh, Blackie Grey panoramic is, panoramic panoramic Blackie Grey is wearing the number nine as we thought he's taking the number well, nine shirt from he, Roy he's temporary player manager well, he is got to wear the number nine, yeah. They're not going to retire it, you don't think. He went not with it there was no squad numbers. Wearing Roy's shirt, it's what he would have wanted. He told yeah. me. He said he had said to me in the past, if I ever get shot, right, and it might happen because he knew he got a lot of enemies. And if you live life close to the edge like Roy did, and you're as successful and as beautiful a man as he is. There's a lot of jealous bastards out there looking to shoot <laughs> you, right? So he knew this day would come. And he said to me, Blackie, if I ever get shot, which I probably will, <laughs> I want you to wear my number nine shirt for as long as it takes, either until I die or until I'm better again, whatever <laughs> comes first, you know. <laughs> but if I, do, if I do die, you need to retire it because you're not wearing it fucking forever. And here's, and here's something else he said to me, and I never know why he said it, but he was insistent. He said, if I die, Bucky, I want you to retire from football and public life forever. <laughs> Out of respect for me. He didn't explain why, but I agreed to it in writing. He was very insistent I did it in a legal contract. So if he dies, I'm going to have to be looking for another job. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want you fucking cashing in on me not being around. Yeah, fucking piggybacking on the back of my glory and death. <laughs> so uh, there we are. Uh, Blacky Grey hits not a like, Not like it, that cunt from Nirvana who went and formed the fucking Foo Fighters <laughs> who were like a, a fucking shit Argos version of fucking Nirvana. They were only the fucking... fucking drummer. They weren't even the original one. <laughs> okay, I don't want you being fucking Dave Grohl in this situation, right? <laughs> and I'm fucking Cobain, lying dead and skint because you can't earn when you're dead. And I'm fucking... My ghost is looking down on you with your new fucking outfit. The food fighter, Shit fucking band for twats. <laughs> An American version of stereo fucking phonics. 
Um, yeah, Blatty Gray hits a ball across the field towards Jimmy Slade and the Lampard and the crowd says, that's better, Blacky Gray, great ball. <laughs> oh, thanks very much, mate. <laughs> very kind of you. God, you like this. <laughs> and Blackie says, knock it straight back, Jimmy. Jimmy Slade responded perfectly to Blackie's call. Beautiful one too, he's got a chance. <laughs> Now let's have that winner. Now let's have that winner for Roy Blackie. And then Blackie thinks, there they go again. Why do they have to keep reminding me about Roy? I've tried to forget about the ever existence. How can he hear these cunts? And then Blackie, Blackie looks really worried. He's homing in on oh, goal. The ball. He's I'm fucking dead. Poofing. I'm dead nervous now. He says, oh, he thinks. Suppose. Suppose he never comes out of that coma. Oh, fucking hell, Blackie. This is not the time. Uh, Jimmy Slade shouts, Blackie, they're closing you down. Hit it. But no. Sliding tackle comes in from a defender who looks, just looks like Roy, really. Um, from one of the gallery of faces that the, the artists have got. Ah! Shouts Blackie. Too late. He seemed to be miles away. <laughs> fucking cunts. Jalapeño. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jalapeño. Uh, Wakeford struck back swiftly, pumping a long ball into the Rovers' goal mouth. And there we go. Uh, Wakeford striker rises up, nods the ball past Charlie Carter, who is just fucking oblivious to it. He's up against Duncan Mackay and um, Nat Gosden, and he beats them both in the air. Uh, it's there, shouts a crowd member. 1-0 to Wakeford. The Melchester defenders just didn't seem to be concentrating. You fucking try it. Your fucking boss and your fucking leader has been shot and he's in hospital and you're not concentrating. Suddenly you're in charge. Fucking hell. This reminds me of a little bit. It's not exactly the same, but do you remember when Crystal Palace in the 90s, they kept like getting shot of managers left, right and centre, and suddenly <laughs> they put Lombardo in charge as manager. Yes. In the but Premier it wasn't League, like, wasn't it? L- yeah. Lombardo, was, he'd only recently signed for them, right? He yeah. was He was not a player who, he wasn't old, he wasn't a well, sort this, of age. This was, my theory was he got given it, the job because he was bald and I think the chairman thought he was old. Yeah, and but it was mainly because he was Italian. Yeah, because in that period in the nineties, it was it, Italian was so fashionable in football, wasn't it? Yeah, 
It's like, oh, he's Italian. He must know what he's well, doing. We right? brought over all the Italians who were just slightly over the hill, hadn't we? Yeah, yeah. In those days, funnily enough, I was telling my son about this the other day. Britain, English league in the 90s is like the Italian league is now. So just as Inter Milan now take people like Ashley Young, Lukaku, mm. you could argue, you know, he hadn't he hadn't pulled up any trees at United. Mm. You know, they take players like that, like not the very creme de la creme. They take yeah. players who are a bit of a Whereas in those days, it was the same. We took Serie A players who weren't who were who were going just past their very best. So Viali, Hullet, Lombardo, Ravanelli. Yeah. Um, and that's and now there's a bit of a role reversal, but. Lombardo was just... I mean, he, I don't think he had any desire to be the manager. He was just their winger and he was good. But because Viali, I think Viali was doing well as the... He'd, he'd suddenly yeah. turned player-manager at Chelsea. He was also bald. He was bald and Italian. So, fucking, probably Ron Nodes. Do you remember it? Ron Nodes. Well, do you not remember Ron Nodes put himself in charge for a while, yeah. didn't he? Introducing the new manager of Brentford. It's me, Ron Nodes. Guess who? Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull a fucking blanket off my own head to reveal it. Whee! Hello, cunts. I've appointed myself after a long and thorough <laughs> search programme. Uh, yeah, but this is like that, where Lombardo was just put in charge. It was like, why are you putting mm. me in charge? I don't know. You're Italian. You seem to know what you're on about. Get on with it, you bald cunt. I, I think speak at one no point, English. I haven't, I haven't imagined this, but I think they put... Thomas Brolin, a.k.a. Pig Boy, yeah. in charge. Did they? I don't know. I think, I think Brolin might have been joint manager two. with Lombardo. Oh, I'd have to Google that and have a look. I do remember Fucking one Palace memorable fans match get in touch. when uh, Brolin was probably at his fattest and he, uh, he sustained a head injury during the game. They put an elasticated <laughs> bandage around the top of his head and then someone kicked the ball at him later in the game and it bounced off his head and the fucking bandage sprung off and flew off into the air. <laughs> Did it make a noise? Boing! <laughs> yes, Lombardo and Brolin take over the palace. Yes. Fucking hell. I, I tell you what, right, we're laughing. I would take Lombardo and Brolin as West Ham managers tomorrow. I mean, I don't even know what either of them are up to now, but it would be amazing. It was, um, it was soon to be chairman Mark Goldberg that did it, so he wasn't even oh. in charge. Uh, it says extraordinary development. This is March nineteen ninety eight. Uh, Palace put the midfielder Lombardo in temporary charge of team affairs, made Thomas Brolin his assistant, and moved the manager, Steve Koppel, upstairs to director of football. Weird. Now, Koppel's got a fucking odd history, hasn't he? Because Koppel left yeah. Manchester City after a month or something because he was... I could never work out whether Koppel was a brilliant manager or a shit... I don't think he was a shit manager, but I think he might have had... I think he might have been a bit mental. I just don't think he gave a fuck, really. Yeah. Koppel himself said it is a bold massive step and a lot of people will look on it as foolish but at least we are trying to be positive so <laughs> Koppel's kind of gone yeah I can't be arsed with this anymore I'll be director of football and I think they did get relegated didn't they yeah fucking hell it was yeah. a mad thing to do but those were the, the, the 90s when foreign players started coming into the league it was just the sort of shit that happened I mean yeah. it was mad when they got rid of um I think they got rid of Hullet, didn't they? Mm. And yeah, Hoddle left to be the England manager. Yeah. And Chelsea, Ken Bates just went, well, Rude Hullet's here. 
He's one of the most famous players in the They'll world. Listen to him, yeah. M- might as well let him be manager. He- he's a bit confident, carries himself very confidently, doesn't he? Right, which he did. Yeah. And yeah, you can be in charge. And then when he got booted out because he always put everyone's back up, they're like, "Well, who else is there? Well, Viali, he's pretty famous. He used to play for Juventus. He must know a thing or two. Put him in charge." And then I think that is what started the whole idea of if you've got a foreign player. Any foreign player who's played in Serie A yeah. knows more about football than even the most experienced British coaches. Like Steve Koppel. <laughs> but Steve Koppel was a good manager, wasn't he, for Palace? Yeah, and, he, had uh, he, did, he had his moments and anyway. And Reddin, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, we need to crack on with this Roy the Rovers thing. Yeah. So anyway. So anyway, yeah. Ro- Ro- Blackie's through on goal. Everyone's no, shouting done that at bit. him. Wait, he, just scored, man. Oh, yeah, okay. We're past that. Uh, it says, yeah. thousands of Melchester fans who travelled to Wakeford did their best to rally the side. Rovers, Rovers, Rovers! If that's nice your run. fucking best, then you've got shit away support. Mm. Rovers! And it's only one of them shouting it as well in his yeah. bubble app. And his mate next to him goes, nice run by Paco Diaz, but he's under pressure! And Diaz hits a shot, and it's not good. It sails high and wide, and the, the the criticism from the Lampards is there. And there's more hope than venom about that shot. Oh, you fucking cunt. You waspish cunt. Yeah, listen to fucking... Yeah, who do you think you are? Truman Capote up there in the very... <laughs> sat there with a cocktail Ooh. and a bow tie. More mm. hope than venom. <laughs> more hope than venom. And all your little acolytes around you tittering. Oh, Bravo. another zinger. Bravo. Oh. <laughs> oh, and then Paco Diaz is like hey you motherfucker funny man you come down here I show you fucking venom right in your fucking bollocks I snap your neck like you're my mother's favourite chicken <laughs> leave it Wakeford that's a goal kick all the way but whoa next page fuck me the ball swerved unexpectedly utterly deceiving the Wakeford keeper and the cunts in the crowd and it bounces in off the post. Um, the keeper says, oh, no, no, no. And then some prick in, dressed in pink with his scarf raised above his hand says, yes, we've equalised. Yes. Uh, are, are, you, are you the fucking hope and venom cunt from fucking three seconds ago, are you? Cheers to tune now, haven't you? I knew it was a good shot from the moment he left his <laughs> Spanish boot. You see, that's what the Spaniards can do. That's what they're capable of. They're very sophisticated. <laughs> uh, eat your word, motherfucker. <laughs> so, mm. full time, finishes 1-1. And there, there's, the, there's the post-mortem from the fucking uh, Lampards. We're still unbeaten in the league then, but it was a lucky escape for the Rovers. Their poor performance has got to be connected with Roy. He's been unconscious for over a week now. Yeah, we fucking know he has. Fucking hell. <sighs> Imagine if your mate said that to you, right? Mm. Imagine, who's your manager again? Is it Grant? Our manager now. Yeah, Phil Sunderland. Parkinson at the minute. That's it. Phil for Parkinson. Now. If Phil Parkinson had been in a coma for over a week, right? Oh, I just anyone notice. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but if you were at the ground and your mate turned yeah. to you and said... Fucking hell, their poor performance has got to be connected with Phil Parkinson, Andy. You'd go, what? And then he'd go, yeah, he's been unconscious for over a week now. You'd go, 
Yeah, I know. What? I know. <laughs> you lost your fucking what? mind. <laughs> why, are you t- why are you talking like that to me? <laughs> <laughs> fucking nutter. Uh, and then in the Rovers dressing room, Blackie echoed the feelings of the fans. And he's talking to Sam Barlow, who's the chairman, isn't he? Yeah. And Blackie's saying, I, I think the shooting is just getting through us, through to us, Sam. We just can't play our normal game while Roy is. And Sam Barlow Don't say it. Him. Don't say it. <laughs> Don't I say the words, Blackie. I know, Blackie. It disgusts me. <laughs> but leave it with me. I'm already in contact with someone who could be of help to us. This is like when now. It's a like, contract killer. <laughs> You've got to finish him off. We can all move on. <laughs> you know what we need here, Blackie? Closure. <laughs> I'm sorting it. <laughs> Don't make me be the one who does it, Gaffer. Roy's like a father to me. Don't make me be the one who gives him the sweet myself. release of death. I can't bring myself to hold a pillow over that beautiful angelic face. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. <laughs> Good night, Roy. God bless. <laughs> sweet dreams. <laughs> I'm sorry, Roy. I'm left- the best of the club. <laughs> I've left a jar of child's urine next to your bed for the afterlife. Godspeed. <laughs> Grow your wings and fly into a better place. <laughs> this reminds me of when Dal Quinn and the consortium that took over Sunderland and he appointed himself as manager for six games. And he was clearly not up to the job, so so we had him killed. Uh, that was brought Roy Keane in. Fucking hell, that was good. Oh, anyway... Uh, Later, as Blackie put through a call to Melchester General Hospital, he's on the phone to Penny. We managed to scrape and draw Penny. <laughs> so she's like, as if she gives a fuck what the result of the Melchester game was. <laughs> and then he says, how's Roy? Fuck, fuck off, Blackie. Fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, by the way, how's Roy? <laughs> we managed oh, to scrape yeah. and draw. We went down. Is we he's... won one. <laughs> Is he still... Well, it was a bit of a scrappy second half, and I wasn't... I wasn't that satisfied with our ball retention, <laughs> especially in the in the final third. But we're still unbeaten, so you know we've got to got to accept the points of good result away from home. Anyway, is Roy dead? Has he still got the bandages round his head? No change, I'm afraid. Our eyes are all puffy from the constant crying. Um, the doctors are trying everything to bring him round. <laughs> I'm telling you. We've tried fucking everything. <laughs> everything, right? Bandages, medicine, right? The electrode machine you put on the cunt's chest. Everything that is available to medical professionals, we've had a crack at here. We've ejected some adrenaline into him, like in uh, Uma Thurman in Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Like Pulp that. Fiction. That's it yeah. working, that salt. Smelling says- salts. <laughs> she says... They're even playing back recorded messages from the twins in the hope that their voices will register on Roy's subconscious. Hello, oh, Dad. Dad, I buried a new bone. Sausages. Roy sucking in a cone again. I'm fucking better off staying in this fucking coma. Yeah, in this fucking. Glass prison of my own mind. <laughs> it's actually not that bad, to be honest. <laughs> they pump the food through a tube into my fucking guts, right? Uh, and the message is no actually problem. from... They've given Roy Jr. 
the uh, the message to read out. Hello, Daddy. Can you hear us? <laughs> we'll enter and I really miss you, especially at going to bedtime. Please hurry up and get well. Please, Daddy. <laughs> fucking hell, all right. <laughs> Don't need that fucking sort of pressure as well. <laughs> Uh, but although Roy's fate still hung in the balance, events were moving swiftly for the Rovers at Melchester Stadium a few days later. Oh, is that a Rolls Ro- Rolls Royce that's driving into Melchester? Uh, a purple Rolls Royce? Fuck me! Who they're putting in charge? Rod Stewart. It says uh, there's some assorted press men there. I think by the looks of it, it's rumored that the Rovers have approached one of the biggest names in football to help them through the present crisis. This could be him now. And who's one of the biggest names in football going to be in 1981, 82? Bob Paisley. Pretty exciting. Not not Bill Shankly because he's just died. Bobby Robson. Kevin Keegan. Kevin Keegan. It is the ghost of Bill Shankly. (laughs) The the still warm ghost of Bill Shankly. (laughs) We have appointed him via a Ouija board. (laughs) And then the press men and the photographers are looking into the window of the car. And one of them says, yes, by golly, look who it is. Fucking hell, this this bloke's a bit posh for the uh, average 1980s tabloid newsroom. Isn't he? John Pinkface yeah. who said, Who's this Rochester Rovers. Rochester Rovers appointed a new manager. Let's dig up some fucking dirt on whoever the cunt is. Send that posh cunt down. He'll probably trick him into trusting him. All we need to name, we'll do the rest of you from our nerve centre. Go down and find out who it is. We'll soon get a red boy to say Stop that he's back. It's a fucking cold. <laughs> we'll work on bringing him down within a week. <laughs> and it says there, at the end of the episode, it says you can find out who it is next week. Some of you will know, some of you will not know, so we'll not give away any spoilers yet. But marks out of 10 for this story. Well, it's... Uh, I'm going to give it... I'll give it a, give it a nine. Yeah, all right, we'll give it a nine. I mean, in this period, they're all nines or tens. This one's a nine. Wow. Because of the, the whole story surrounding the shooting is obviously fantastic. You know, I don't know exactly the figures, but in 60 episodes, I can count on one hand the number of episodes that have been an eight or less. Because it's yeah. just all Just going stuff. back to my favourite square yeah. um, of the whole thing. Is, is this the a new one regular feature? My, Sam's yeah, favourite square? square. The bit where they first play the um, tape recording of the kids to him. Look at the look at the expressions on the doctor's faces. <laughs> right, Roy's lying in bed, hooked up to all these machines, and there's yeah. a tape recorder on the shelf next to him playing out the beginning of Roy Junior's message. And there's these two doctors just stood back observing Roy yeah. with their white coats, and they both look. Fucking sceptical. I don't know whether it's by Roy's condition or they just are fucking freaked out by this weird voice of the, the message. kid. Yeah. They're like, like, they keep me. in the distance. This like, does not look good. They keep in the distance like they have to when they give you an x-ray. Yeah. It's like, we can't get too close. His fucking head might explode when he is this. His head's ready to fall off as it is. I've got them bandages on tight enough. Out the fucking nurse wound them bandages tight because that head could fall off at any moment. <laughs> so there we go. And we'll find out who the new temporary Rovers manager is next week. Oh, uh, that's a sensational reveal. It's an incredible development. Uh, mm. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. TTF and Dickheads. Ta-da. Ta-da.